This Fab FM podcast is proudly brought to you by Bendigo Bank, Port Douglas and Mossman. Offering a full range of competitive banking products and technology you'd expect from a big bank with the personal service and care you'd expect from us. Furthermore, the Port Douglas branch is now excited to announce its brand new location at the Saltwater Building, Shop 9, 26 to 30 Macrossan Street. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Well, the first item on the agenda at the council meeting today was a beauty and a great idea. Forming a Building Douglas Committee. It will be in the form of another council meeting, so a proper council meeting. But before the main meeting that's once a month, giving councillors a chance to hear from the public, ratepayers, people in the Douglas Shire. Now, if they have uh, an interest in one of the items on the agenda, they can make application to council to come along to that meeting and have their say. Now, if you're talking about transparency, and some of the councillors uh, on this present council have been talking about transparency, oh, we need transparency, we need transparency, this is transparency. So I think it's a great idea. But councillors Noli and Zamataro didn't seem to get it. Now, Councillor Noli first up said, and I quote, will this be selected members of the public? <coughs> No, it will be any people who are connected with an item on the agenda. Then Councillor Noly made this extraordinary statement, and I quote word for word. Then these public people would give their uneducated opinion. Uneducated and sensible, but they're stupid people, in the sense that they have no councillor education, formal qualifications. Unquote. Councillor Noly, these are members of the public who are educated on the matter that's on the agenda before the meeting. They don't have to have councillor training. They will be passionate about that agenda item. Meanwhile, Councillor Zamataro just looked confused. On to Councillor Noly again. She went on to say she can't work out how this extra meeting could be legislated and held. Other councils all over Australia, including Queensland, do it already. Councillor Zamataro continued to look confused. Let's talk to the Mayor. It's something that we've been discussing since the new term. Um, and it's been stalled and hasn't progressed because of COVID and the issues we've had. But after the last meeting where Councillor Zamataro brought up about transparency, I thought it was important that we, we bring this to the forefront and make it happen. So the Building Douglas Committee, which is a unofficial version of, but it is official at the same time, it's quite hard to explain in short terms, but it's having another council meeting where it's not so strict, we don't have to rely on the standing orders, and the people that are involved in the matters we're discussing have an opportunity to register, come in, and they get three minutes to have their say in front of the councillors. So we get to get a first-hand personal experience from the people that are actually involved rather than just having to rely on reports from the staff. It it gives a personalised sense to it. It brings in the transparency. It allows us to see the people that are actually involved in it if they wish to come in and have their say. And it just makes us feel more comfortable when we're making these decisions. And that's what the the Building Douglas um, Committee is about, is being more open, giving people more opportunity to come in and speak to the councillors before their matter's been heard. Deputy Mayor Councillor Scomer 
Amazon your thoughts? And I think it's a great thing for this Shire and it gives the people of the um, Shire to um, have their three minutes with councillors to discuss any issues they have prior to a meeting and, um, and I think it's a really good idea. And it's transparency with a capital T? Oh, of course it is. You know, it's, um, and we're getting first-hand news from the people themselves instead of reading um, social media, which most of the time it's not correct. So it gives an avenue for these people to come and have a talk to their councillors. And also, Peter, uh, with people being allowed to be able to speak at this, mm -hmm. maybe that'll prevent some of that social media garbage. Instead of venting there, they can come here and actually talk to the committee. Yeah, exactly right. No, I, I agree with it all. They can have and have, come and have their three minutes with the councillors and the mayor. A councillor Noli in Samataro said that the public are not trained people, but they don't need to be trained. They just need to front up and say their piece. Yeah. There will be um, instructions on how they're to behave and carry on, and they'll just have to follow that. Yeah, that's right, and uh, and they've got the right to do it. You know, it's uh, and that's what our, what our job is. Is we're here to represent the community, and we should be listening to what they're saying, and um, and it gives an avenue for the person to come in, not only just talk to one councillor, but the all of us as a group, so we're all across the board what the issues are. Just uh, completes the picture for us and the decisions are a little bit easier than to make. This is normal down south at, at council meetings. I've been to many council meetings down south where the public are invited to speak for several minutes. So it's nothing new there. Is, is it a matter of councils like ours catching up now? Well, it can be quite daunting. You know, it's it's scary when people come in and can be saying something that could be confronting to the councillors. You know, so you do open yourself up to you know these people coming in to telling you emotionally how they're feeling as well. So you know, some councillors can be quite resistant to it, but I think it's something that we that is done in a lot of other places, and it's something we absolutely have to look at. We have a very passionate shire here. We have a lot of people that like to be heard. They want to be heard, and they've got a right to be heard when we're using their ratepayer money to do projects. So it's. Really Really important that you know I, I believe that if people have that opportunity you know it gives them more ownership of you know council as well and I think that's really important when the staff do their reports they do them very legal wise and they're very technical and it gives you all the facts without the gray lines so this at least gives us an opportunity to bring in some personalized actual feelings and emotions of how our ratepayers will feel by the decisions we make. And it puts a face to that agenda item. Absolutely it does. You know, it's, it's, that's really important. Now we had the second item, a minor change development approval for a time and facility 111 to 119 Port Douglas Road. Can you explain that for us? Well, it was just a simple change. When it first went through, they said they had to have footpaths in there as well. Um, looking at numerous other uh, retirement villages of similar styles, they don't have footpaths because there's really not that many traffic, that much traffic going through. Um, so they asked if they could possibly have the footpaths taken out so it allows them to expand other areas, and that's what's been approved. Okay, application to extend currency period for ROL, R-O-L. Um, one lot into 68 lots. Can you explain that? And, and let people know too that it's uh, it's actually the block uh, behind the seventh day adventist and jehovah's witness here in mossman in yeah. mossman yeah that's right so it's a housing estate in mossman that was approved by a previous council um, their term is about to expire as far as their contract goes the council gave them for the development so they've just put in for a renewal to last for another six years so it gives him permission that yes it's still approved you've got another six years before you have to actually start it run for refunding 
Yeah, so it's a group that's um, organising a very large event. Um, they've come to us before and showed us their promotional videos that they're using to get funding from state and federal as well. What is it? Um, is it a bike or running? or? It's a run, but everyone does it at the same time. So this year, because of COVID, they're sticking to Australia and to New Zealand. 20 races all happening at the same time. So you're competing with people that are running on the other side of the country. So, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, so, and the, the, of course, they're bringing the attention and funds to the reef, which is well needed. But it, when they eventually do it, there's going to be races throughout the whole world. So, you know, you'll have, you'll be timed here in Australia, but where possible at the same time, they'll be running in Japan. And you'll be competing against them as well. And so as it works its way around the world with the time zones, everyone will be raced and will be based on their times, but you're competing with someone who's running in America as well the same distance. So there'll be big scoreboards at each of the events showing each areas of what's happening and what times you're trying to beat. Fantastic idea. And it all brings back to Port Douglas where all the, the final um, event will be eventually. Uh, for this year, it's where all the presentations and the big party will be for all the winners of the, the 20 that they're doing uh, next year. That'll bring some more money into our economy as well. Sounds like an amazing idea. River Improvement Trust Fund. Now, I hear one of the staff members saying $6.3 has already gone into our Douglas Shire with this. That's right. Terrain does a wonderful job when it comes to the river restoration works. And, you know, this is part of the thing. We're allowing them to do it rather than applying for funding ourselves. So much easier. They know what they're doing. Let them do it. They're doing a great job. As you said, they've already spent $6.8 million. They've managed to raise the funds to do this work um, and let them do it. And what is the work they do? Well, it's river restoration where there's been erosion. Farmers are losing property, etc. They do the works to regrow plants and to build it back so that it stops eroding. Okay, now when I first heard this, I went, oh no, electric quad bikes, four mile beach. Okay. I'm think I'll correct you straight away, it's electric quad bike. Oh, sorry, electric quad bike. Yes, not bikes. I don't care. As soon as I heard it, I went, oh, no, what are you doing? But it's, it's, a, it's a magnificent story about a lovely man, and you've helped him out. Just explain it. Exactly. He's a gentleman that's lived here for over 30 years. He's always enjoyed the region, walking along the beach, and he's at a place now where he's unable to get down to the beach to walk along it. He's tried various different types of wheelchairs. They haven't worked for him. So he's come up with this concept of using electric quad quad bike it doesn't make a noise it's not going fast his carer has to walk beside him so it's not going to be hooning on the beach um, it is a special circumstance and it's coming with conditions so as I said in the meeting this is not an open slather that we're allowing quad bikes in Port Douglas so you know before they even start on that one I'm nailing it on the head right here and now this is a gentleman with a disability who loves the environment, loves walking on the beach, and he wants to be able to at least still go about it in the last few years of his life. And why are we to stop him? Let's let him do it. Yes, that was unanimous. Smart meters you've deferred? Yes, this, um, we're putting through the tender for the contractor. There's a couple other issues still that are sitting there that their staff are trying to work out at the moment before we sign off on it, and we want further information on that, so we've just deferred that to the next meeting. Lots of uh, housekeeping as well. The financial report, how are we going? Well, we're going good. I mean, it's anticipated that we'll be you know, 400000 I believe it was, 
under the budget that we set so that that lowers the deficit of what we ran this year which is fantastic effort on the staff you know they've saved four hundred thousand across the board for the year um you know we're anticipating that's what it is once those final figures come through that'll certainly be made public but you know the staff are certainly doing a fantastic job and you know it's been a hard year with all the things that we've done for covid and you know giving people relief on their um, licenses and all those things and the ferry especially we we dropped a lot of ferry revenue um so it's it's in important the staff are acknowledged for the work they do. Water restrictions level amendment so what does that mean and, and how do you see us because uh, we did get a little bit of rain so we're not as bad as some years. Yeah luckily this year we're tracking okay we've still got a fair bit of water there which is great but these new restrictions at least allow us to go into warning stages so if we can foresee that it's going to happen we can change from a zero to a one and start educating people this is happening, this is coming up, you need to stop using as much water, start reducing it naturally um, before we enforce the restrictions. Sale of council land, and I, I take it that you have council land you can sell, and this might this might be for people who want to have maybe aged care, uh, retirement village, or attract, but also attracting people to the Shire. We need more people here, don't we? Absolutely. There were some comments that uh, within the operational plan, I think it was that Councillor Nolly brought up. You know, these are things that we've discussed in workshops where the staff have brought a list of vacant blocks that Council owns that you know we could possibly sell if we want to use for different infrastructure. I'm not a big one of selling land just for that. I like to know that if we're selling it, we're selling it to someone who's going to do something on it and something specific that will increase employment, increase accommodation, increase, you know, do something for our economy rather than just them holding on to a block of land somewhere else. You know, retirement, absolutely, it's imperative that we start looking after older generations. You know, the, it's at a point we've got older people living in two-storey apartments or flats in Port Douglas. You know, it, it, there comes a point staircases are, you know, become too difficult. We need to have appropriate, proper housing for our elderly people in both Port Douglas and Mossman so they can see their last years out in comfortable, safe surroundings. Because we've missed the boat on this before, haven't we? Well, I think we have. Yeah, you know, there was a, a gentleman who wanted to put a retirement village in Port Douglas. You know, it was quite controversial because it was on the wrong side of the road. A lot of people don't believe there should be any development on that side of the highway. You know, it's going to come a point that we're going to have to. That, that's land that doesn't flood. You know, it wouldn't be affected by tide inundations from cyclones, etc. It's a safe place for them. You know, so that would have been a fantastic opportunity for a safe place for retirees to be um, and live out their lives in an appropriate type of housing. Uh, we've missed that one, um, but yeah, let's see what the future brings. Another interesting meeting. Thank you, Mayor Kerr. Thank you very much. Don't forget, if you're going to do it, do it in Douglas.